Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Reagan, joined by John, and we've got some NFL and basketball news to talk about today. Uh, let's start with the NFL news, and this has to do with two star quarterbacks, Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson. What's the news? Yeah, it's um, Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson have both been floating around as quarterbacks that may be on the move. Uh, surprisingly, just based off the fact that their teams have really no need to cut them, Lamar Jackson has been linked to the Falcons if they're not if the uh, Ravens are able to get a deal done. Uh, the Ravens want him to come back, but in a rec- more recent development, the Ravens have not been promising offensive coordinators that are coming to interview that Lamar Jackson will be part of the team. So that kind of points to the fact that they don't fully think they can get a deal done with him. So once that happens, what will this Ravens team turn into? It probably will be a pretty hard time to be a Ravens fan for a little while while they figure out their footing a little bit because Lamar Jackson right now is their offense. Um they're going to have to fix their wide receiver core up, obviously. Mark Andrews is a great tight end, so there's not really a problem there. Huntley can hold his own. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for him to you know, take full control of the offense, and then running back-wise, they got him. Defensively, as long as they keep most of their pieces, they should be fine. The last couple of seasons, they've been dominant, um, one of the better defenses. So I think they'll be fine in that department as well, but the, the wide receiver department obviously needs a little bit of work to kind of get things going but losing Lamar Jackson is a huge blow to them if they can't seem to get the deal done now obviously the deal that he wants done is also going to tie their hands a little bit as far as getting extra pieces because you're paying Lamar Jackson ridiculous sums of money over the next couple of years to keep him on your roster so then there's weighing that factor of okay you know down the stretch is it you know worth to keep him or is it best to kind of cycle him out and let him go to a new team get a couple assets from that team and see where we can head from there now, if he goes to the 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 Falcons, that would be an interesting spot for him to land. Uh, I I don't know if that turns the Falcons into a Super Bowl contending team as they are right now. I think they've got a few you know good pieces. Cordell Patterson, Drake London seems like he's doing well. Kyle Pitts uh, obviously has been playing well. Eh, took a little step back last season, but you know the first season played really well. Kind of young, and then you put Lamar Jackson in there, and you can get more uh, versatile offense going. But I don't know what's going to happen there, but after the the different reports, like I said, with the office corners not being promised, Lamar Jackson is going to be back, plus them not being able to figure this out for, I think, at least a year at this point, because we've been talking about this for a while, and no new information coming out, and just wanting him wanting more money, obviously, to be able to, you know, if injuries happen or whatever, he wants to be able to have that. So I, I think probably it kind of feels like they're heading to the situation where Baltimore isn't Lamar Jackson's home forever, uh, and he moves on. So I think if you're the if you're the Ravens, I think you got to be thinking of, thinking ahead a little bit and saying to yourself, all right, you know, where's the best place to send him to be able to get the get the most out of this out of this deal, and you know, move on. But the team that I don't think should be doing that is the Bears. I don't know where people are getting this idea that Lamar Jack or that um Justin Fields is going to be traded. I've heard reports that. You know, after the Senior Bowl, that GMs are thinking to themselves that he's going to be traded and that he's not going to be around with the Bears organization and all of that. Yeah, they got the number one overall pick, but use the number one overall pick to help the quarterback you have. <laughs> I mean, draft a better defense um, because you're in a situation where your uh, where your quarterback room is fine. I mean, Justin Fields is 
if you traded him would be taken pretty quickly. I don't think that's really a problem. But you could definitely build around him. He's a good player to have that you can definitely make an offense off of. I think the running back game and the quarterback game are perfectly fine on the Bears. Everything else stinks. They need to fix everything else. Trading Justin Fields and then drafting a new quarterback would be pretty useless to this situation because, A, nine times out of ten, or maybe not nine times, like, you know, seven times out of ten, you draft a quarterback and he's a bust. I mean, Joe Burrow was the best quarterback out of that star-studded draft where Justin Herbert Tua came out of, and he's the only guy you're really talking about out of that draft, right? Brock Purdy, I mean, he was literally the last pick of the draft, and he was better than Trey Lance that was drafted way, way before him, maybe in a different draft. So I don't think personally, you know, getting rid of Justin Fields is the answer. I think you need to use that draft choice to, you know, draft a defense after you traded away everybody. I mean, you literally just said, everyone that's good on this team, let's trade them away. Now, you could also trade Justin Fields, so you're literally starting with nothing and building your way up if that's where you want to go. But there's really no reason to do that. And Justin Fields isn't asking for, you know, money at this point. You know, he at some point will need to be re-signed. So there's that. But at the same time, he is your offense. If you lose Justin Fields, you're years out for being any good. Because even if you draft a guy, you bring him in, he's going to take time to learn your offense. He's going to take time to learn your wide receivers. You're going to have to draft new wide receivers. Um, And also, if you don't trade Justin Fields and you keep him, you could trade back that number one first pick. Because we know the Colts are going to be calling them. They They want Bryce Young. They want him to be in a Colts uniform. So, you know, trade back with them. Possibly trade back a few picks in the first round, draft a defensive guy, and then draft a wide receiver, and then just go from there and really just renovate your defense and then get a new pieces for Justin Fields and see where you can go from there. And then after the end of the season, if you're still not happy with where you're at and you still don't want Justin Fields in the locker room and you still think it's a better opportunity to get a new quarterback, you're in perfect position to do so because you've installed an offense for yourself. But right now, with the way Justin Fields played last season out of his head, I mean, the guy was literally your offense and was the most fun part about watching the Bears play. You put him in a different uniform. You put him in a situation um, where he goes in there. If he's in the right situation, he could turn a team, I think, into a contender. I I think he can lead an offense into the playoffs and pretty deep into the playoffs. I think he's that type of quarterback, but I know they will be calling if you, you break them available. I don't know where this all sits um, because I'm not in the Bears organization, obviously. I just hear like the rumors about all the owners talking about or the GMs talking about, you know, he's available and right before that denying that and saying that's not available, but with them not, you know, fully denying it, it kind of feel like the door's open for two really good quarterbacks to possibly on the move. One that definitely doesn't need to do that and one that might need to do that, but maybe Maybe you put Lamar Jackson in a Bears uniform, you put Justin Fields in a Ravens uniform, and everyone's happy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about some NBA news. Uh, you've been following the Nets, and we've got the All-Star Weekend coming up. So let's talk about both those things. Yeah, the All-Star Weekend is is upon us. It's this weekend, so that would be fun to be able to watch a little bit of. we got a lot of – got a lull in basketball, right? I mean – you got the all-star games, so you could be able to watch that in the skills challenge, which I personally very much enjoy. I think it's way better than the Pro Bowls at this point. Three-point challenge, which this year, it was going to be two trailblazers this year. It was going to be Dame Time, and it was going to be Anthony Simons, but Simons injured his leg, so he's out now, and then it's Julius Randle stopping him, and then Jason Tatum also be there. So a lot of my, a lot of the teams I follow, players are going to be there. But um, one of the teams that I was following a lot during the 
trade deadline and seeing where if they're going to get better is obviously the team that lost everyone, the Nets, right? They lost Kevin Durant. They lost Kyrie Irving. They both went to their two respective squads. Kevin Durant has not played yet, but once he plays, the hype is extreme, and that game will be televised and highly watched. I'll personally watch because I'm kind of curious to see where he, how he met you know, uh, meshes into that team with Devin Booker and, and Chris Paul. Kyrie Irving already done a lot of good for this Mavs team who desperately needed an extra guy besides Luka to play on this team and bring him to that next level. I think that's huge that they got him. The Nets, though, I think actually turned themselves into a more entertaining, more fun basketball team with who they got. Um, they've got this unit of the guys they got from the, the Mavericks and the guys they got from the Suns. When they are on the court with Claxton... Uh, those guys, and I left a few guys out, obviously, because it's a five-person five unit, but when those guys are on the court, that is when this team is high-powered, hitting all their shots, you know, getting the rebounds. Claxton is a little inconsistent at the line, obviously, but still is able to get in there and make some plays. They are really good and destructive when those guys are on the court. When they sub them out, however, and they put Ben Simmons on the floor and... O'Neal and, and those guys, and they're not attached to the guys that they traded. They are not as good, and that's when things start to go downhill a little bit for them. But I think if they can, you know, find a way to get everything together, like Bridges, I think he's done a really good job from the Suns. I mean, he came off swinging when he came into this organization. Defensively, he stepped up last time they played against the Heat, which was, I think, yesterday, where he dominated and shut everything down. But I think what's really good about them is they are able to hit threes from anywhere. They can get the high-powered offense going for them. And they also bring the defense to this team. Because the Nets right now are just a bunch of guys. They're trying to find that leader for the organization, for the roster. And I think they found it with this group of guys that they brought in. I think they've brought in guys that are, you know, obviously going to be able to stay on the court more for due to health reasons. Uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were not able to do so. Once they're able to come in here, that's going to really kind of slow down. And already has slowed down. They're moving a lot more pace, a lot more energy. Uh, they're able to keep themselves closer into ball games. I think they actually would be able to be able to play better than they did with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant just based off the about a court time they'll actually be able to get from these guys. Uh, but like I said, then that unit's on the floor, and when they add um, some type of mix match of those guys being on the court, that's when this Nets team is going to be really, really good. I think the future is very bright for this team. I think there's they've got a lot of good things ha uh, going their direction for them. Defense is the one thing I would say just needs a little bit of work, but in that Heat game, we saw a little bit more of it. Now the Heat, I don't know how I feel about them. I think they're kind of a middle-of-the-road play-in tournament team. I don't think they're a fantastic team. But over the last couple of games before the Heat's game, I can't try to remember the teams they played. But uh, before that, I mean, they... They struggle with defense. Where Oh, it's the 76ers they played was one of them. But they, a lot of times they struggle with shutting it down. They let guys in there. They let them score. They let them get on you know hot streaks. And they ended up falling down really far. And then they tried to climb back in a little bit when they got, brought the first unit out again. And then fell down a little bit. Had to rest those guys and tried to get kind of battle back into it. But they never could find their footing because it seemed like the defense maybe it was there, but they weren't getting their hand in there to block the shots. They weren't getting what was necessary to really dominate fully and fully lock down the game. So they were able to move on them and score quite a bit, which ended up being, uh, you know, giving them a few losses right into the heats game. And now they're in the, in the break and they have a win on that in that spot. But I think overall, the way you've seen them play the pieces that they've had, I think they've done a great job of collecting what they need to collect, uh, from these two guys, from Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, those trades, because you made the Suns and you made the Mavericks much better. That you—that's the one downside to it. But with the Suns, like I said, I think they've got like 
four or maybe six draft is it eight i don't know somewhere in that department of how many draft choices that they've got from that trade to add on top of that so they can just draft guys on, on top of that and then cam thomas has also been playing really really well as well which i think he's going to be a really good spot for a guy for this team that can also be a leader so i think this nets team did exactly what you would want them to got the pieces that you would want them to and i think after the all-star break they can make a nice little run for themselves now do i think they'll make it to the playoffs this year possibly not just because of the beginning of the year and how inconsistent guys were and you know all the trades and all that stuff now they're kind of finding their footing again and it might take till next season to be fully on that track but the guys that they've got i'm very excited to see them want play in that uniform i think they all those guys together are going to be a lethal uh machine and i think they can win a lot of games all right cool sounds good for them uh before we wrap up a bit of news that's news to me as well saw this on the show sheet no more pushing the quarterback for first downs after what the eagles did <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> Um, apparently they're going to be looking into banning this play, uh, something about it not being pleasing to look at and also, um, uh, not showing the athletic skills of the quarterback. That's really the reason that was what the article because said. I think it more highlights the, like, especially with the Eagles, the athleticism of those front linemen. I think the real reason is everyone's pissed off that the yeah. Eagles are lining up there and pushing it in the back it's wild. with guy and it's unstoppable. So the owners are probably behind the scenes like. Come on, guys. Let's let's ban them. Sean Payton though said, if it's not banned, guess what? He'll be running all season. Russell Wilson, Gunnar Snyder will push you across because he's just gonna take yeah, full advantage of it. I, I don't mean, understand why they would make it not legal to play that play because it's just it used to be not legal like that. It just recently became you could do that. Like if you touch the quarterback at all, you've been flagged. Right? They'll probably add that back on. But huh? Interesting. I think it's probably it's necessary just because. I mean if you don't stop it now you will never be able to stop it because people <laughs> saw it worked people saw you get first downs consistently the eagles are going to be using it forever and now more coaches are coming in they're saying to themselves wait we got quarterbacks that are runners but maybe don't have the strength to power through those 300 pound defense linemen let's use our biggest wide receiver and running back and just shove them across because the quarterback can literally just kind of lay limp a little bit and they'll just shove him across like Jalen hurts multiple times in that super bowl you know was shoved across the line even though he was stopped you know chris jones i think it was that leaped over the pile and and got to Jalen hurts but then the running <laughs> aj brown gave an extra little shove and he got his head across the first down things of that nature that touchdown that they had at the half yard line that was due to that push as well um i think it's just i'm a little surprised to see it you know be something that they're talking about changing um, I'd like it better than, you know, limiting that tackle where you grab a guy from behind and try to pull him backwards, trying to ban that. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know how you exactly ban a full type of tackling. Uh, I, I, that tackle is not malicious in any way, so I don't think that happens, but I like this better because I think it's something that you can look at and, and try to change and, and try to fix up and try to, and try to work on. But I don't know, man, I, isn't it just great strategy? Yeah, I that's mean, what I think. I just the Eagles perfected it. It's not like everybody in the league is doing it and it works. It's just the Eagles perfected it. It's just like they figured out QB sneaks, check the rule book, nothing about pushing them. Let's just get more yards. Like that's just really smart. Right? That's yeah, just Yeah, and teams really will well adapt done. to it. Like you got to let the thing like let the teams adapt. It's so soft now. You got to like ban a whole type like, of play. Like you got to like if like you ban the QB sneaks, right? And and you let it happen. 
um, and you're not pushing them, QB sneaks will probably go downhill. Like, I don't think you're going to use it as much because a QB, you know, like 200 pounds, you know, try to get past three or four walls of linebackers and defensive guys at the one yard line. That dude's going to get crushed. I mean, I also think like we talk about player safety, like all the time in the NFL. Isn't that more dangerous? To have the QB by himself back there trying to sneak lower his head, try to get through offense defense alignment. I feel like that would up the concussions a little bit. Yeah, I just think they need to leave it alone. Let's Um, just leave it alone. They're not going to leave it alone. Yeah, and they probably won't. I don't think they like the fact that they were used it so much in the Super Bowl. I think they that fresh. I just thought it was amazing that the Eagles literally were they just they got first downs every time. It was crazy. They could go for it on fourth no matter what. We were uh, were talking at at that that Super Bowl. I was like, we're watching it. it It's like, how many first downs have they gotten? Or first downs, off fourth downs, but based off doing it, it's like two. I'm like, what? They've done this that because every time you think of QB sneak, you think fourth down or goal line, right? That's what you initially think. Okay, they're about to go this on fourth down. They get that first down. They want that extra half yard. But they did it on third down. Yeah, they that's did it how whenever dedicated they, needed they were. It. Yeah, <laughs> it was never about like I was. So we were talking about when we were talking about the podcast or talking about the Super Bowl. It was never about getting that big explosive play for the Eagles. Uh, only one guy had more than 100 yards that entire no, it was game. Just methodical. It was all about getting enough yards. You go back to the QB sneak, right? It was just about getting yep. close enough, close enough, close enough, close enough. And I think the NFL wants it to be about that flashy play, and that's why we're even talking about it. But I was really surprised. I'm like, wait, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna ban that? Yeah, but I mean. Weird. I want to see more teams do it. More teams play because that's the chess match of football. Of yeah, because somebody will come really up with well. a way to stop it, and then they'll and move then on. boom, you know, we get Tampa two from that. Like they figured out they needed a different type of zone scheme. They worked on it, fixed it, worked on it, and then offense had to adapt to that. Right? Yeah. I I I think like the NFL has changed so many things. Leave this alone. Let it be what it is. It's just so much fun to watch. Kiwis just get pushed. And then the defense have to try to figure out the way to stop it. Because you saw the Chiefs try to adapt to the point where they're just like, just send people over the pile. Just do something. Yep, yep. And one more note that I have to talk about real quick. So you know that play where Kadarius Tony did a little zone play and then came back you out? Mean Andy and Andy Reid's a fake motion? Yeah, so like the, the motion where he came, like pull one way. He was and faking the, the full motion and then cut back. And then Sky Moore did the same play. Yep. Apparently, the Sky Moore play was an accident. Really? They said that it was the wrong scheme. Patrick Holmes pointed at Kadarius Tony, like, where, where, what are you doing? You should be over here. And he's like, you he pointed at Sky Moore. And Andy Reid afterwards, like, my, my uh, assistant coaches are so good. That wasn't the same formation. Huh. So it was an accidental play that turned into the touchdown that ended up getting them. Well, in it's an amazing thing the fake motion and then go off and then cut back. It's, it was amazing. Are they going to bad the whole too? defense fold? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I, I yeah. just I thought that was fascinating to see that that was an accident. That's how good the Chiefs are. <laughs> that it was an accident that yeah. you did that. But I don't I mean, how are the Chiefs gonna look now? Eric Bienemy is now a offensive coordinator for the Cam- Which is uh, so weird. Commanders. Why not just try to continue to win Super Bowls with the team that you've got? Because they were so good. But I mean we'll have to see. It may not affect it's them. It's Matt that much. Nagy now. Oh all right. Well Huh. <laughs> that's their favorite. So that's who they're talking about is gonna put their yeah, I don't get those decisions, but we'll have to we'll see. what the Chiefs look like now, boys. Yep. I mean, you don't, you're not going to have that hard time when you have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's probably so much, he's so much of their offense anyways. He is so much of their offense. <laughs> him and the wide receivers. That's him and actually an 83, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. All right, good episode, and we'll be back on Wednesday? Yes. All right. Oh, no, Monday. Monday. Oh, the weekend. All right. It's a little bit tired. <laughs> cool. A little bit here. All right. Have a good weekend, listeners. See you. God bless.